Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let actually went to Arizona and recorded an episode of Reformed Dads with Dusty Marshall and Andrew Songkrant in uh, uh, Phoenix there. And so got to do that. Um, actually talked about a little bit of what I'm going to talk about today. Then um, we kind of, Dusty wanted to get somebody on. I'm, I'm open actually to go back on and talk a little more music the next time but um wanted to kind of talk about hip-hop music and christian hip-hop and stuff like that but we actually ended up talking about more along the lines of black lives matter and stuff like that the organization the statement all that stuff stuff that we've done in the past and so today i want to talk about it we just had uh the fourth of july happy independence day um and so i, I want to kind of get into that because I mean, that came up quite a bit. Of course, there was, um, I didn't see the, the whole interview. I heard bits and pieces of it. Apparently, T.I. wanted to, was it T.I.? Or Pharrell, one of the two, maybe both, wanted to cancel uh, Independence Day and uh, in uh, exchange for Juneteenth. My opinion is... Uh, I don't think we cancel Independence Day, and we'll talk about why here momentarily. But I'm all about having Juneteenth as a as a national holiday. I think it should be a national holiday. I think I might have mentioned this in the last episode or one of the last episodes. Um, as Juneteenth came and went, I was really bummed out because my wife and I have gone to Juneteenth ce uh, festival celebrations uh, for years. Um, I've been going for years. Um, because again, uh, just being part of hip hop culture and stuff like that, you know, any Juneteenth festival you go to is going to have good food, um, good music. And again, it, it's, it, it centers on that, that focus of the freedom of the slaves and the last group. And that's, you know, this whole story of, Juneteenth is uh, June nineteenth. Now I'm drawing a blank on the year. Uh, two years after the Civil War ended, so sixty-five, eighteen sixty-five. Um, someone correct me on my history there. Uh, so finally, they made it into the Emancipation Proclamation and the Proclamation of Freedom made it into Texas. And now there's all kinds of stories that, you know, it was intentional and so on. But June 19th, 1860, I want to say 65 or 67. I, I, I should have actually looked this up. Um, but 
whatever the reason, they finally made it into Texas, and the last uh, slaves were uh, heard the announcement that they were free, that slavery was abolished in the United States of America. So, um, yes, absolutely, we should make Juneteenth a national holiday. But again, like it or not, and we're, we're going to get a little bit of a um, uh, contrast to this here momentarily as I get into this, but the 4th of July is the uh, Independence Day, the day that the Declaration of Independence was, was written, uh, signed, well not written, but signed and, and sent off to King George to uh, proclaim the independence of the United States, that we're done with you. So again, as, the, as this nation was born, <laughs> I almost said the birth of a nation, and that would be ironic um, in the in the uh, movie that came out um, early 1900s, uh, and so on. But as this nation was born, as our founding fathers said, we will not stand under the uh, oppression of the king any longer. So it is. It it should be a holiday, and it should be a holiday that is celebrated by all. Now. And again, understanding that that there was a, a huge hypocrisy that came up. And I'm going to read part of Frederick Douglass's speech that he gave on, um, let me see if it says the day. I want to say it was um, July 5th or, or something. It was a, a speech that he gave um, July 5th, 1852. So... Uh, a speech that he he gave as a slave um, again because this is before the Civil War and so on so uh, we're gonna contrast that we're gonna look at the issues that um, you know there's so much argument about whether or not was America ever great this is part of the conversation I had with my sister my sister-in-law um, a few weeks ago on Father's Day um, whether or not America was ever great. And I, I think this is a great nation. The ideals are great. Have we always done a really good job of, of playing them out? Absolutely not. Um, failures have happened all along the way, especially with the issues of slavery and Jim Crow and you know, Native Americans and, and so on, and so many things that, that went on through the history of this nation. But again, the ideals are great, and we're going to get to that. Um, you know, so I wanted to just pop this up. This was, again, we did celebrate. This is my daughter and my niece uh, by the light of fireworks that we, we set off um, out in front of our house. And I know that, um, I mean, we went up on the, on the hill after we had set off our, you know, piddly little grocery store bought fireworks. Um, and then we went, drove around, and we went up on, on the, the Hilt Mountainside on the foothill um, up above Harrison Boulevard in Ogden, for those of you who are in this area uh, might know what we're, I'm talking about. But had a great view of, of the, the valley here, and to see just all the fireworks going off. I mean, people, most of these were probably illegal. Um, they were aerials and, and stuff like that. 
but going all across, just looking out, I should have put that picture up there too, but um, amazing. And I know that, uh, you know, the governor of California forbade anybody to set off fireworks and <laughs> amazing video footage of just fireworks everywhere of the people in California saying no. Again, in the in the spirit of what our founding fathers did with the Declaration of Independence, these people refused to bow the knee to the governor who said, you can't do this. And they said, no, we're going to do this anyway. Um, we're seeing bits and pieces of that right now because of, uh, and again, that's, that's something I want to get into to talk about here, is I'm going to read. And again, hopefully I'll read this this fairly quickly. And maybe I won't read the entire thing, but I want to look at the Declaration of Independence, um, what it was, and, and again, what the ideals, the ideals of this nation that, that truly made this nation great at one point, um, if not the, you know now. Um, I still, honestly, I think this is a great nation. It's a, a, a fantastic place to live um, for everybody. Um, are, do we have our downfalls? Do we have issues? Is racism still a problem? Yes. Is, uh, you know, uh, do we have some bad police? Absolutely. We've seen evidence of that. Um, does our government have too much power? Absolutely. This, these are things that need to be um, addressed and, and fixed. But I want to look at the, the declaration just for a minute. And so I'm going to read and, and we'll, we'll, you know, play this by ear see how this goes so in congress july 4th 1776 the unanimous declaration of the 13 united states of america when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's god entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to to the separation we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit, the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whatever, whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, and to institute new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its power in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happy safety and happiness prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light of transient causes for light and transient causes and according accordingly all experience has shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariable the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations. 
all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let the facts be submitted in, to a candid world. So now we're going to get into the list of grievances that was was presented. But, I mean, even in this, you know, the whole, the, the initial thing that, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, all men are created equal, while at the same time, slavery was happening. So, I mean, there's the first of the obvious hypocrisies that is written in this now you know again we're gonna we're gonna we hear it from all over the place and we even hear it from from uh people of color um excuses and 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 things oh well this was just the way it was and this and no biblically we knew at this point in time these men who were supposed to be believers in the bible should have known at this time, that man-selling, that kidnapping, that this form of slavery that was happening in the, in, in the United States and Europe and around the world, the transatlantic slave trade, was prohibited by Scripture. Yet, there were men who were using the Scripture to, to support their, their claim for slavery. The Bible is very clear, and has been for 2,000 years, that, that this form of slavery was wrong. And it was men who understood what the Bible said that finally stood up and said, we are putting an end to this. Men like Wilberforce, men like John Adams, men, these abolitionists who, who came and said, enough, this needs to stop. So again, we, we see the obvious hypocrisies in there, but let's look at the, the list of grievances. And then I just kind of want to talk about Again, are, are, are we finding ourselves in a place where it's time to kind of throw off the, uh, the, the chains of this government that we, have, we as a people have given way too much power to? We as the church have given way too much power to and, and, and change and, and see a change. Now, I mean, we have the ability to elect new people in new representation. And ultimately, that should be the first avenue that we take. But there's going to come a time, we understand this, we look at scripture, we look at revelation, we look, there's going to come a time when, when Christianity is going to be um, underground, it's going to be outlawed, it's going to be illegal to, to proclaim the things that we proclaim in Christianity. We'll get into, you know, eschatology at another time. This is what I see when I look at the scripture. I, and, and I see the, the slippery slope that is happening, that is the, on the way to making that happen. I made the comment in, at Reformed Dads, at churches, you've got to right now start planning what you're going to do when your pastor or evangelists in your church are thrown in jail. Refuge, I, I hope we have a, a, a bail fund because there, there's going to come a, po a, a, a time when I, standing out on the street corner, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, will be arrested for that proclamation. But that's another time. Let's get into, let the facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. 
He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be attained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and forbiddable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. <coughs> COVID. He has dissolved representation, representative houses repeatedly for opposing, many, for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolution to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization and for foreigners, excuse me, refusing to pass others to encourage their migration hither and raising the conditions of the new appropriation of lands. He has obstructed the the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount of payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us, uh, in times of peace, standing armies without consent of our legislatures. He has affected the re- to render the military independent of, our, of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond the seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in neighboring in a neighboring province, establishing therein the arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rules into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments. For suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and by waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of a head of civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country and has become the executioners of their friends and brethren or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us and has endeavored to bring on us 
on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions of our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connection and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity, consanguinity yeah say that three times real fast we must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, of mankind enemies in war in peace friends we therefore the representatives of the united states of america in Con general congress assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the british crown and that all political connection between them and the state of great britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states they have the full power to levy war conclude peace contract alliances establish commerce and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do for the support of this declaration with the firm reliance on the protection of divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor and it is signed by of course a whole bunch of people um so we we see that i mean they made this list of 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 grievances and we could literally make many of the same not the same but similar or uh, uh make our own uh, list of grievances to the government you know they allow the murder of babies um <laughs> thousands upon thousands um you know reading the the thing of of allowing uh um by quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit. You know, again, we talked about it in the Reformed Dads. We talked about uh, qualified immunity um, and that the reason why so many police officers will get off um, of charges or not charged with murder in the deaths of, of unarmed people, whether white, black, or otherwise, um, because of these these laws that are put in place um those need to be we revisited and um reformed in some way we need reform we don't need to defund our police we need to reform our police we need a reformation within our entire government and it really needs to be the church to stand up and say we are taking back our dominion in these different areas and we are going to restrict the government to uh what the the word of god says that they should should be able to do and and that's something that that the church needs to do whether that be through christians rising up and um demanding these things or 
being put into positions of representation, you know, running for office, running for congressmen, running for as senators, um, and so on to make, to draw up laws and put them forth to be, to where these things can be changed. Um, this is absolutely something that, that needs to be done. And so again, do, is our government even living up to the ideals that are, are, put forth in, in this document. I mean, I think our government is, is just as guilty of so many things as the grievances that were put forth to, um, to King, King George and, and the list of grievances brought against him. And so, um, you know, again, is, are we living up to the standards of what we should be as a nation? Absolutely not. But in this day right now where we're seeing racial issues uprising again and, and so on, we, we look to, and I, wanna, I, I want to look at um, the speech given by um, Frederick Douglass. And, uh, and, just, and I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find the point where I want to, to read. And he starts off, and he, he starts, well, I'll start at the beginning. Um, and then I'll move down. He says, fellow citizens, I'm not wanting in respect for the fathers of this great republic. The signers of the Declaration of Independence were brave men. They were great men, great enough to give frame to a great age. It does not often happen to a nation to raise at one time such a number of truly great men. The point from which I am compelled to view them is not certainly the most favorable, and yet I cannot contemplate their great deeds with less than admiration. They were statesmen." Statesmen, patriots, and heroes, and for the good they did and the principles they contended for, I, for I will unite with you to honor their memory. So again, he starts out saying, look, I, I, I can't look at these men favorably, but um, I recognize that what they did was, was a great thing at the time that they did it. But again, did they live up to the ideals of the document that they put forward. And then I'm going to, I'm going to get to the, read the end of it. You can find this online. I, I recommend everybody read the entire thing. It's an amazing, amazing speech that was given to this man who had escaped slavery. Um, and now he, he's giving this speech before all slaves were freed. So um, technically, I mean, where he was as, as he had escaped, um, he was free, but, um, he was, he was guilty of being a runaway slave, um, at this point. So I'm going to, I'm going to start back here. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? And I kind of looking at this again, I'm trying to look at these things through the eyes of my, my brothers and sisters of color. Um, black, Hispanic, um, so on, um, largely black, because those are the issues that we're dealing with right now. Um, we'll talk about immigration and stuff like that in another day, specifically my sister-in-law, because of the conversation that she and I had. So looking at this, trying to look at this through her eyes, because again, this is part of what it means to love your neighbor is to listen to hear them, to, you know, not just immediately, right, you know, what happens so often with Black Lives Matter is it's immediately retorted with All Lives Matter, and 
yes, that is true. All lives matter. But listen, hear the what they're 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 saying and mourn with those who mourn and so on. I, we've talked about that before. Um, old episodes, go back and read them. But again, we need to be willing to just sit and hear them. You know, I'm not telling anybody to join with Black Lives Matter movement because I would never do that because it's a it's a false religion is what it has set itself up as. But to be able to with those people immediately to say, yes, Black Lives Matter and we recognize there are issues going on with this. So let's get back into that. I, I digress. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty, an unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless, your denunciation of tyrants, Brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings, with all your religious parade and solemnity, are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. Go where you may, search where you will, roam through all the monarchies and despotism of the, of the old world, travel through South America, search out every abuse, and when you have found the last, lay your facts by the, sh the side of everyday practices of this nation, and you will say with me that for revolting barbarity and shameless hypocrisy, America reigns without rival. Allow me to say in conclusion, notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of this nation, I do not despair of this country. There are forces in operation which must inevitably work the downfall of slavery. Quote, the arm of the Lord is not shortened, unquote, and the doom of slavery is certain. I, therefore, leave off where I began, with hope. While drawing encouragement from the Declaration of Independence, the great principles it contains, and the genius of American institutions, my spirit is also cheered by the obvious tendencies of the age. Nations do not now stand in the same relation to each other that they did ages ago. No nation can now shut itself up from the surrounding world and trot round in the same old path of its fathers without interference. The time was when such could be done. Long-established customs and hurtful character could formerly fence themselves in and do their evil work with social impunity. Knowledge was then confined and overjoyed by the privileged few, and enjoyed by the privileged few, and the, the multitude walked in mental darkness. But a change has now come over the affairs of mankind. Walled cities and empires have become unfashionable. The arm of commerce has borne away the gates of the strong city. Intelligence is penetrating the darkest corners of the globe. It makes its pathways over, to, over and under the sea, as well as on the earth, wind, steam, and lightning are its chartered agents. Oceans no longer divide, but link nations together. From Boston to London is now a holiday excursion. Space is comparatively annihilated. Thoughts expressed on one side of the Atlantic are distinctly heard on the other. The far-off and almost fabulous Pacific rolls in grandeur at our feet. 
The Pacific, the Celestial Empire, the mystery of ages is being solved. The fiat of the Almighty, let there be light, has not yet spent its force. No abuse, no outrage, whether in taste, sport, or avarice, can now hide itself from the all-pervading light. The iron shoe, the crippled foot of China, must be seen in contrast with nature. Africa must rise and put her yet unwoven garment. Put on her yet unwoven garment. Ethiopia shall stretch out her hand unto God. In the fervent aspirations of William Lloyd Garrison, I say, let every heart join in saying it. God speed the year of jubilee, the world wide world o'er, when from their galling chains set free, the oppressed shall vilely bend the knee. Shall vilely bend the knee, and wear the yoke of tyranny like brutes no more. That year may come and freedom's reign to man his plundered rights again restore. Godspeed the day when human blood shall cease to flow, in every clime be understood the claims of human brotherhood, and each return for evil good, not blow for blow. That day will come, all feuds will end, to change into a faithful friend each foe. Godspeed the hour, the glorious hour, when none, sh none on earth shall exercise a lordly power, nor in a tyrant's presence cower, but to all mankind's stature tower by equal birth. That hour will come to each, to all, and from his prison house to thrall go forth. Until that year, day, hour arrive, with head and heart and hand all strive, to break the rod and rend the gyve, the spoiler of his prey deprive. So witness heaven, and never from my chosen post, whate'er the peril or the cost, be driven. So that was the end of uh, Frederick Doug Douglass's speech, and... Again, as we look at today, riots, looting, these are not things that, these are, these are I said it before, they're opportunists. These are, are not people with an interest in, in, the, in freedom, in justice. That, that's not what they want. These are people who are, whether it be Antifa or just your average, you know, the word is... is Okay, I'm going to get hate mail thug that wants to just bust down windows and whoever it is. I mean, we, we've seen videos of, of white people doing this. This is not, this is not, you know, and, and black people and Hispanic and so on are going into these places and they're, they're stealing and they're doing, it's across the board. It is an equal opportunity criminality going on in these, in this sense. These are not people, Antifa and, and looters and rioters are not people who are interested in justice. These are people who are interested in, in crime and revenge. But God says, vengeance is mine. So as, as Frederick Douglass said, there is hope. And I have hope. I have hope for this country. I certainly do. You know, I have hope that there are going to be people that um, hopefully people that I can say people like me who have a desire to see everybody on an equal playing ground. I mean, we've, we've done things in this country and I've talked about it before where laws have been passed and, and at least on paper to make it seem as though there isn't a level playing field. Now we can talk about, you know, grievances and, and, and yeah, oppression and so on. And, you know, at whatever privilege you want to maintain, but on paper, by law, you know, discrimination and all these things are now illegal. So what we need now is just 
men who are willing to stand up and say, we will enforce these laws. We will make sure that these laws are adhered to. This is what the men who wrote the Declaration of Independence said. We have laws, but the, the king is, has, has suspended them because he, he doesn't want to assent to them. He doesn't want to. Um, and our government is the same thing. We have these laws, but the government is not enforcing them. And honestly, and, and this is my, my heartfelt conviction, is it is the church that has got to rise up and make sure that these laws are enforced, that are there, laws that need to be there should be put in place, and where we can come back to a place where the laws of this country fall in line with the laws of God and adhered to as such. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Again, it comes from evangelism and not just, again, the proclamation of the gospel is, is and I can't remember, I don't know if it was Jeff's sermon this uh, last week while I was in Arizona or something else that I heard, but um, the proclamation of the gospel, that the, the Great Commission is not just preach the gospel. I mean, that's what I say all the time, and that's what we hear all the time. But the Great Commission is to go and, and make disciples. It is discipling. So as we preach the gospel, which is of great importance, but we also need to be making disciples. We need to get people, we need to, whether it's us or somehow plugging them into Bible-believing churches where they are making disciples. Because again, I firmly believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ will, will change a heart. It replaces the heart of stone with the heart of flesh. And that, that racists and rapists and murderers are changed by, by the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and changed by the Holy Spirit when they are regenerate and they become believers when God grants them repentance and faith. But also I understand that actions and attitudes and so on have to change over time you know immediately when someone becomes a believer in christ they should understand that that you can't hate your brother but some of the actions that have have been habits for some time will take time to change you know not every drug addict is immediately set free from drug addiction when they become a believer we've heard stories of miraculous uh, deliverances that, that do happen. God can do that, but it doesn't happen with everybody. Discipleship is what has to happen to change those attitudes. And so bringing that to, to full completion and what that looks like, how do we do that? We preach the gospel at all times. We use words because they are necessary. Till next time. Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.